0: Everyone and welcome to the June sixth edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Folsen, attorney with Floyd, Skarn and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our weekly news. A California lawmaker says that something needs to be done about widespread medical fraud in the state's workers' compensation system. State Senator Tony Mendoza asked for a review of what is being done to combat what he deemed unsettling questions raised by a recent series of articles published by the Center for Investigative Reporting. The investigation found that more than 100,000 injured workers in California have encountered medical providers who are currently facing charges for fraud. They have undergone risky spinal surgeries spurred by millions in kickbacks and have endured tests and treatments by providers who have admitted to prescribing them for a profit. Mendoza asked the California Commission on Health and Safety and Workers' Compensation to examine whether the state has enough tools, resources, and data analyses capacity to effectively combat the fraud problem. Mendoza's call came as the secretary for the Labor and Workforce Development Agency asked the state's Department of Industrial Relations to convene a working group to examine fraud in the system. Secretary David Lanier cited recent investigations, indictments, and convictions that demonstrate what he says are significant remaining challenges in workers' comp. He called on the group to formulate a set of comprehensive and strategic policy recommendations for consideration by the governor and the legislature. In May, Assemblyman Tom Daly asked the state auditor's office to examine fraud in workers' compensation, citing some of the specific findings in the recent news series. Daly's office said the request is expected to go forward in August. A panel of lawmakers will decide whether the question's daily raises merit an audit, costing an estimated one-third of a million dollars. The Center for Investigative Reporting reported more than a dozen criminal prosecutions against nearly 100 health providers accused of exploiting injured workers. The cases include one against a company accused of paying doctors millions in kickbacks to dispense unregulated pain creams that allegedly caused the death of a baby. Others accuse alleged medical mills of prescribing hectic schedules of treatment to every injured worker, regardless of his or her injury. Several cases describe operations that rely on the state's medical lien system for payments. The investigation found that the number of medical liens is back up to the level it was at several years ago, even though lawmakers passed a law to tackle the problem in 2012. The Orange County District Attorney has refiled a felony complaint against Karim Ahmed, Andrew Jarminski, Michael Rudolph, and Norma Garner. The new filing follows a Court of Appeal victory for the defendants earlier this year. This new filing will be round two of the major legal battle. An Orange County grand jury indicted 45-year-old Kareem Ahmed and 14 others in 2014, alleging he formulated topical creams and oversaw an extensive network of kickbacks that paid doctors and pharmacists more than $25 million to prescribe and distribute the compounded products. Ahmed, who is president of Landmark Medical Management and the others, faced a total of 44 counts on felony charges. But there were problems with how the grand jury was instructed, which was ultimately considered by the Court of Appeal who reversed and remanded the case to resolve these errors. After this ruling by the Court of Appeals, one of the problems prosecutors will face is a claim that the case is now barred by statute of limitations. However, the refiled felony complaint alleges that some of the overt acts upon which the felony charges are based continue to occur up through April 16, 2016 as the defendants continue to pursue collection of their liens. Prosecutors, for example, allege that Ahmed recently paid $800,000 in lien activation fees to collect on over $58 million in false claims generated based on kickbacks to medical providers. And despite a court order by the Workers' Compensation Appeals Board Judge Norma Garner, Ahmed continued to hide the terms of his agreements with various physicians and pharmacists. The office manager who worked with a Salinas doctor who was arrested and charged with 25 felonies, 37 felonies in mid-May, is now facing 23 felony charges of her own. Maria Aloha Eclavia was arraigned on 23 charges related to her role working with Dr. Stephen Manger in an alleged complex insurance fraud scheme. The charges against Mangar include submitting fraudulent health insurance claims and billings, furnishing drugs to an addict, and unlawful prescription of medicine to patients. The charges involve prescriptions, Mangar wrote, at Pacific Pain Care and include oxycodone, hydrocodone, morphine, diluted, and other highly addictive and dangerous medications. Eklavia was the office manager of the Pacific Pain Care Institute. Her bail was set at $500,000, and if convicted, she faces a maximum sentence of 27 years in prison. Her employer, Dr. Mangar, pleaded not guilty to the charges. Mangar's bail was set at $1 million, and a friend posted the bail. Any patient or insurance company that believes it may have been a victim of this fraud or criminal conduct is asked to contact the Monterey County District Attorney's Office. A federal grand jury indicted 46-year-old Dr. Velasini Ganesh and 54-year-old Dr. Gregory Belcher, who both live in Saratoga, for a number of medical fraud charges. Ganesh is a family practitioner and Belcher is an orthopedic surgeon. The indictment alleges that the two used their Saratoga medical practice known as the Campbell Medical Group to submit false and fraudulent claims and diverted proceeds of the fraud for their personal use. Ganesh allegedly submitted bills to various health care benefit plans and claims for services that included false codes that artificially inflated both the seriousness of the patient's condition as well as the time that the physician spent examining the patient. The bills also asserted false diagnoses that did not correspond with the true health of the patient, and claims for days when the patient had not been seen by the provider, and the defendants maintained multiple bank accounts, through which they are alleged to have attempted to conceal the nature and source of the illegally obtained funds. This resulted in the additional count for conspiracy to commit money laundering. Both defendants were arrested in Saratoga and made their initial appearance in federal court in San Jose and were released on $250,000 bail each, pending further hearings. The prosecution is a result of an investigation by the FBI. And in regulatory news, a new CWCI review of IMR decisions from the first quarter of 2016 show results that are remarkably consistent with those found the year before. IMR volume was steady at an annualized rate of 160,000 letters and uphold rates at 89% and prescription drug requests continuing to represent nearly half of all IMR requests. This new report extends the Institute's IMR research series by providing an initial look at the first quarter of 2016. During this first quarter, IMR upheld UR 88.8% of the time which is consistent with the 88.6% uphold rate the prior year. This consistently high uphold rate shows that the vast majority of the disputed modifications and denials made by UR physicians are in line with the evidence-based medicine guidelines. The regional distribution also was stable between 2015 and the first quarter of 2016 with 47.6% originating in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, San Bernardino, and Imperial Counties, and 20.5% originating in the Bay Area. The percentage of UR decisions that were upheld ranged from 84.9% in San Diego to 91% in Los Angeles County. Pharmaceutical services remain the highest volume category under review, followed by physical therapy, DME, and injections. As in 2014 and 15, surgery presented less than 5% of the disputed service requests that underwent IMR in the first quarter of 2016. Opioids remained at the top of the list accounting for 29% of all pharmaceutical requests, followed by musculoskeletal therapy drugs and compounded drugs. In nearly 90% of the IMR cases involving opioids, the IMR physician agreed with the UR physician's determination that the opioid prescription was not medically necessary. In 97.7% of the IMRs involving compounded drugs, the UR physician's modification or denial was upheld. As in the prior studies, the latest result shows that a small number of medical providers accounted for a disproportionate share of the disputed medical service requests. The City of Pasadena contracted with Keenan & Associates in 2011 to provide third-party administration of the city's workers' compensation claims. The contract expires on June 30, 2016. Consequently, the city prepared and issued a new request for proposals and a total of nine responses were received. AdminSure was chosen as the successor administrator for the contract award. As part of the city council review of the proposed new award, city staff provided details on their workers' compensation program. A single vendor has managed to save the city close to $1 million on medical billings for workers' comp claims during 2016, and the vendor charged the city a little over $11,000 for this benefit. A bill of review service looks at every bill received from medical providers to determine that the city receives the lowest medical cost possible for the services provided. The bill review service is currently being provided by a company called Lean On Me, which in fiscal year 2016 has reviewed 890 bills so far and has saved the city up to $924,000 in bill costs. The third vendor that's helping reduce costs is a nurse case management company, Isis Solutions Incorporated. It supervises and manages medical services as needed when the city believes cases are not receiving sufficient attention by service providers. Staff also reported on the city's return to work program. 69 employees have served in modified assignments in 2016 with an estimated 163 days of lost work time recovered. And in medical news, the FDA approved ProBuphine, the first buprenorphine implant for the maintenance treatment of opioid dependence. ProBuphine is designed to provide a constant low-level dose of buprenorphine for six months in patients as part of a complete program for the treatment of opioid dependence. Prior to this approval, buprenorphine was only approved as a pill or a film placed under the tongue or on the inside of a person's cheek until it dissolved. However, as an implant, this provides a new treatment option for people in recovery who may value the unique benefits of a six-month implant compared to other forms of buprenorphine. Expanding the use and availability of medication-assistant treatment options is an improved component of the FDA's opioid action plan and one of the three top priorities for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services opioid initiative aimed at reducing prescription opioid and heroin-related problems. Opioid dependence is the diagnostic term used for the more common concept of addiction. Addiction is defined as a cluster of behavioral, cognitive, and physiological phenomena that may include a strong desire to take the drug and difficulties in controlling drug use despite harmful consequences. Medication-assisted treatment is a comprehensive approach that combines approved medications with counseling and other behavioral therapies to treat patients with opioid use disorder. Regular adherence to buprenorphine treatment reduces opioid withdrawal symptoms and the desire to use opioids without causing the cycle of highs and lows. At sufficient doses, it also decreases the pleasurable effects of other opioids, making continued opioid abuse less attractive. This product will expand the treatment alternatives available to people suffering from an opioid use disorder. And in other news, the DIR and the DWC announced that Workers' Compensation Judge Rosa Moran died unexpectedly. She was reportedly on medical leave from the Oakland office, where she served as a Workers' Compensation Judge. Judge Moran's state career spanned 11 years. She joined the DWC as a Workers' Compensation Judge in 2005 and led the DWC as Administrative Director from 2011 to 2012 when she resigned that position. Prior to her state service, Moran was a workers' compensation applicant attorney in private practice. As head of the DWC, Moran managed a staff of over 1,000 people and a budget of $155 million. She was an active lecturer at attorney conferences and risk management seminars, served as a Judge Liaison Member of the Bay Area Bench and Bar Association, and was the author of many seminal decisions in the Workers' Compensation Arena. She reserved her undergraduate degree from the University of the Pacific in Stockton and a law degree from the University of San Francisco School of Law. Moran was part of a statewide fact-gathering tour with DIR Director Christine Baker, The pair were reportedly secretly involved in negotiations that produced Senate Bill 863. She was well-respected and well-liked in the workers' compensation community. And that is all of our news and our events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, for past editions of our news, and for much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and our special reports using your iPhone iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I am Renee Folson, attorney with Floyd, Skernan and Kelly. Thanks again for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.